Hello, I'm Andrea Crisp, welcoming you to 12 Notes, discovering us in music. First, I'd like to acknowledge the brief hiatus that 12 Notes has taken recently, but I'm coming out of the insanity of finals and end-of-year department banquets and recitals with a killer episode for you guys. Today, we're focusing on a genre that has been a key part of my musical development, glam metal. Some of you may be wondering exactly what glam metal and the commonly associated genre of neoclassical metal even are. Well, glam metal, also known as hair metal, is a subgenre of heavy metal predominantly originating in late 70s and early 80s New York City and Los Angeles. Typically performed by androgynous men, glam metal had more pop influences, like occasional solo artists and catchy, repetitive songwriting organized around guitar riffs. But neoclassical metal is a bit more self-explanatory, with musical influences from Baroque and classical music alongside very technical playing styles, emphasizing instrumental virtuosity, especially on the electric guitar, according to Masterclass. Glam and neoclassical metal are some of my favorite genres, and they've stuck with me ever since my dad first introduced me to Whitesnake's Here I Go Again as a little kid. So, especially considering Father's Day just happened, I'd like to dedicate this episode to my dad. He's been supporting me in music and in everything for as long as I can remember, from the moment he first sat me down at the piano, to helping me bend and shape Chopin's fantasy impromptu, to helping me put together this very podcast. And I am infinitely grateful that I get to love him and have him in my life. Now, clearly, today's genre of choice is very special to me, and I couldn't fit all of my favorites in here, so this is just part one. In fact, this episode might be our longest yet, so Battle of the Bands part one will be focusing on those who call the American East Coast home, starting with the infamous New York City. As coined by Alicia Keys, NYC is a concrete jungle where dreams are made of a hub of creativity and talent under the shining lights of a city that never sleeps. Our first band is White Lion, who consistent listeners have now heard twice, both in the intro of today's episode and at the very end of our last, with Wait. The power ballad was first released on June 1st, 1987, but ended up charting the next year, breaking into the U.S.'s top 10 at number 8. Although White Lion's flame was quickly snuffed out, Wait and their anti-war number three hit, When the Children Cry, quickly boosted them into the spotlight in 1987 and 88. Despite being the band that was allowed to die, according to Loudersound.com, White Lion has released tons of awesome songs, including our first track for today, one of my personal White Lion favorites. I'm kind of obsessed with the lead so let's get crazy.
Like I said, White Lion's success seemed to end as quickly as it began, in just five years. Yes, the rise of grunge played a factor, but with time, a rift grew between singer Mike Tramp and lead guitarist Vito Brada, with Tramp explaining that they were very different people with no friendship outside of the band, according to Loudersound.com. In the late 20th century and beginning of the 21st, their relationship became more tense as Tramp attempted to continue White Lion without Brada. But their relationship has improved, and White Lion's best songs are masterful combinations of skillful musicianship and thoughtful songwriting, with Tramp going so far as to say he found it difficult to write about more explicit, stereotypically rock-and-roll subjects. So let's take a listen to Love Don't Come Easy from their last big album release. The comes White Lion seems less than bright, and unfortunately, when Brada dropped off the music scene to help his mother care for his terminally ill father, he suffered a hand injury that gravely impacted his guitar playing. In an interview, Brada told broadcaster Eddie Trunk he's never said no to a White Lion reunion, but goes further to say, I have to keep watching this stuff. I wish Mike luck, but the more he does it, the less I want to be a part of it. Mike Tramp continues to perform as a solo musician, 
but White Lion fans have seemingly watched the self-coined little fighters walk off the stage. Still, if there's anything their songs can teach you, it's perseverance and hope. city that never sleeps, we have Winger. Now, some of you may remember that I have mentioned legendary guitar player and artist Jimi Hendrix many times in the past, and today we have a song you may have heard before. I love Purple Haze, and there's nothing quite like the psychedelic, revolutionary flair that Hendrix brought to rock and the electric guitar. Jimi Hendrix has influenced countless artists and groups like Freddie Mercury, Steve Vai, and Winger 
a band that brought together glam metal and progressive rock. So here is their 1988 cover of Purple Haze. Ringer became very popular with hit songs like Seventeen and Headed for a Heartbreak. In 1984, they disbanded as grunge took hold of mainstream rock audiences. But nearly a decade later, in 2001, Ringer reunited and continues to tour today. Although the band started out back in 1987, our next song is off of their fifth studio album, Karma, released in 2009. So staying true to the the against-the-grain rock feel, Let's take a listen to Deal With The Devil. Drums and guitars 
last band hailing from New York, New York, is Danger Danger, whose 1989 track Bang Bang was one of my first introductions to 1980s glam metal. Bang Bang was the band's only single to chart in the United States, and the fifth track on their self-titled debut album, Danger Danger. Another repeatedly named single from their debut album, Naughty Naughty, seemed to predetermine their marketing tactics as they went on to live up to the Danger Danger name. In 1989, Naughty Naughty made the MTV Countdown Top 10, and Bang Bang followed just a year later. So, let's take a listen. Bang Bang! headed down Garden State Parkway, we're off to Toms River, New Jersey, the birthplace of Skid Row. Skid Row's self-titled debut album was released in 1989, and the band began touring mostly as an opening act, especially for Bon Jovi. But that album rocketed Skid Row to fame and generated four singles, including their debut single, Youth Gone Wild. Despite not being the most popular track on their first album, the song became Skid Row's defining anthem, according to Loudersound.com. So here is Youth Gone Wild. Youth 
Funny enough, our next Skid Row song has the same name as a 1991 Danger Danger track and a Michael Jackson track first recorded in 1989, Monkey Business. Regardless, quite a few of Skid Row's more popular releases are very anti-society, encouraging listeners to break the norm, to escape the box that has confined them so far. And this definitely seems to be a theme for rock music, whether it be 80s metal or more alternative rock today. So let's take a listen to Skid Row's 1991 release, Monkey Business. founded in 1986 by bassist Rachel Bolin and guitarist Dave the Snake Sabo. They eventually recruited guitarist Scotty Hill, drummer Rob Afuso, and lead singer Sebastian Bach. Bach later left the band over an argument when he booked a tour as an opening act for Kiss without asking his band members. The band itself remains active today, albeit without their original drummer and vocalist, while Bach continues to perform as a solo artist. But alongside their debut album, 1991 release Slave to the Grind produced most of their more popular songs, like Wasted Time, their third single released from that album. So let's take a listen.
Jersey, we have Twisted Sister, another childhood favorite. Two of Twisted Sister's more popular releases are We're Not Gonna Take It and I Wanna Rock. Both songs' music videos gain traction for their slapstick humor, encouraging kids to stand up to authority and just play music. I distinctly remember my dad and I singing a parody of this next song around the holidays that admittedly made no sense, but hey! We wanted socks. So here's Twisted Sister's 1984 release, I Wanna Rock. <laughs> 
Across the Hudson River lies Norwalk, Connecticut, birthplace of Steelheart. Now, quite honestly, this band can speak for itself, but our next song, I'll Never Let You Go, is really what put them on the map. However, oftentimes, Steelheart is considered a one-hit wonder because of I'll Never Let You Go, which reached number 23 on the Billboard Hot 100 as their only major hit in the U.S., according to Wikipedia. But trust me, there's a lot more to Steelheart. So let's take a listen to I'll Never Let You Go.
can't tell yet. This man's voice is absolutely insane. Now, Led Zeppelin doesn't quite fit the genre we're focusing on today, but they're another band my dad introduced me to, so I really wanted to throw in another cover for you guys. I'll admit, I'm just a little teensy bit obsessed with the cowbell at the end, so here is Steelheart's 2011 cover of Black Dog.
so excited right now because I actually get to go see Steelheart in concert this summer. My dad first introduced me to Steelheart last year during the pandemic with Everybody Loves Eileen. In a 2021 video made for their debut album's 30th anniversary livestream tour, lead singer Milenko Matyevich describes how the song came to be, with a riff originally written by bassist Jimmy Ward. Ward would later get the song title and lyrics from a comment his mom made. Then Matyevich worked a bit on the vocal melodies and a new song was born. So let's take a listen to Everybody Loves Eileen.
I'm sure some of you have noticed that there's a bit of a gap between the 1990 release of their self-titled debut album and Black Dog, which is just 11 years old. Tragically, the band's future took a turn when Milenko Matievich was crushed face-first into the stage by an unsecured lighting truss during a Halloween night performance in 1992. Milenko's accident twisted his spine and broke his nose, cheekbone, and jaw. But he's back. Steelheart is back, still rocking, still performing, still touring. And to me, that's why their 1992 track Late to the Party from the very album they were performing that night is so impactful and practically prophetic. I also personally connect to the chorus lyrics and absolutely love this song. So let's take a listen.
heading up I-95, we're landing in Boston, Massachusetts with Extreme. Our first Extreme song, Play With Me, is such a great example of the blurred lines between past and present that neoclassical metal presents, with a lead-in drawing from classical composer Amadeus Mozart's Turkish March. Musically inspired by the less well-known glam metal band Kicks, one of guitarist Nuno Betancourt's favorite artists, the song also recently appeared in Stranger Things Season 4. So here is Extreme's 1989 track, Play With Me. <laughs> up, we've got Song for Love. When I was in 8th grade, I did a science fair project on the correlation between misogyny and racism, or, more accurately, if someone's familiarity with African-American accomplishments was similar to their familiarity with women's rights and accomplishments. But at the fair itself, there were a few kids who were playing music at their booths, so to attract audience members, I blasted Extreme's 1990 release Song for Love from my phone on repeat for basically six hours straight. I still love this song for what it means and for giving me that memory. So let's take a listen.
formed in 1985, Extreme originally consisted of aforementioned guitarist and keyboardist Betancourt, lead singer Gary Sharon, percussionist Paul Geary, and bassist Pat Badger. As both a glam metal band and funk metal band, Extreme performed together with the original lineup until Geary left to pursue an artist management career. Then, in 1997, the band went on hiatus when Sharon took over as the lead vocalist for Van Halen. That being said, Extreme came back together from 2004 to 2010 and started back up again in 2015. Extreme still performs today and is currently managed by former drummer Geary, but they started out nearly 40 years ago. So here is It's a Monster from their widely recognized second album, Pornography. <laughs>
Although Extreme was undoubtedly a funk metal band, their rise to fame is often tied to their acoustic 1990 ballad More Than Words. Gaining extreme recognition worldwide, Sharon once said that More Than Words gave them the freedom to make the record they really wanted to make when they started recording their third disc. But it was so overwhelmingly popular that throughout the 90s, the band began to feel pigeonholed into just that song. Although it definitely diverts from the majority of their image, Bedencourt described the song as a warning that the phrase, I love you, was becoming meaningless, which seems to be a timeless message. So let's take a listen to more than words. Another band out of Boston, we have Boston. Formed by multi-instrumentalist Tom Schultz in 1969, their debut album was recorded in 1975 with vocalist Brad Delph. 
who had appeared on a few of Schultz's previous demos. Over time, many of Schultz's relationships with bandmates and record labels deteriorated, as the perfectionist fought to write and record at his own pace, but both men were involved with Boston until Delp's tragic suicide in 2007. Music goes on, but as artists, we are constantly observing and analyzing ourselves and the world around us. So if you or a loved one is ever struggling, please do not hesitate to contact the suicide hotline at 800-273-8255. Nothing is perfect, but rock and roll is still flashy and beautiful and bright, and Boston remains an extremely influential rock and roll band. next song is another one of those songs from your childhood that just sticks with you forever. Probably one of Boston's most well-known tracks, More Than a Feeling was released on their 1976 self-titled debut album. Guitarist, founder, producer, and songwriter Tom Schultz told Entertainment Weekly that the song was written about the universal experience of somebody losing somebody that was important to them and music taking them back there. So here is more than a feeling.
but Schultz's road to a music career was probably not what you would expect. According to Entertainment Weekly, Schultz grew up listening to classical music and didn't start playing guitar until he was 21, while attending MIT for engineering. All of Boston's recordings have been recorded in Schultz's basements over the years, and he built most of the recording equipment they've used. Later, he started a line of guitar effects, including the Rockman guitar amp, which reproduces the unique Boston sound. Today, Schultz prefers to concentrate on music production and inventing new electronic equipment, according to AllMusic. Nonetheless, Tom Schultz has always been a huge part of Boston. So let's take a listen to another song off the debut album, Peace of Mind.
lot of the songs we played today aren't very popular anymore, especially with younger audiences. And it's very true that music evolves, but music is forever. Like all good things and like love, this definitely comes out in Boston's long time, often accompanied with the prelude-like guitar solo foreplay. Long Time was actually featured in the 2021 Hulu film Boss Level, and was originally released with foreplay on their debut album in 1976. So let's take a listen.
Admittedly, many of these artists wrote most of their music in a time that was not focused on female empowerment, resulting in somewhat misogynistic lyrics and a male-dominated rocker industry that people are still combating today. The road to equity and diversity is long, and we are most definitely not at the end yet. But music is one of the purest, most emotionally connected art forms, and it's important that music means something. All art is meant to make change, to encourage curiosity and creativity and exploration. So support minority artists. Listen to music that means something to you, that supports you and what you believe in. But at the core of it all, if music is change, then music is love. My relationship with my dad is founded in some of the music you guys heard today, because music is connecting. Music can be the air we breathe and the shoulder we can turn to to cry on, to support us in our fear and our rage, in our power and our joy. Music and art itself can be anything you want it to be building relationships, and developing identity. So whether you listen or play, let music mean something to you and your loved ones. Next episode, we'll be swaying into July and the end of the season as I draw from my roots. This has been Andrea Crisp, hoping all the dads out there had a great Father's Day. Keep rocking, and I'll see you next time. Sometimes.